Alrighty, welcome in ladies and gentlemen, episode 198 of the Get Around podcast. We're getting there guys, we're so very close to episode 200. I was trying to, I was thinking about uh, episode 200 today while uh, while taking a shower, which is sounds weird, um, but I was just trying to plan what the show is going to be, and I really have, I, I don't know what the show would be. Like I want to have... Brett Summers on, I want to have Jake Atnip on, I want to have Harrison Beebe on, but I know we can't do all of that, we can't have, what, six of us on at the same time, that would just be too many voices, and I would imagine Jake would just dominate the entire time, or at least be the loudest. True. W- were there any big controversies uh, on the podcast while while I was gone? Every year we argued about whether uh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not. It's a, you know what, Die Hard is a good movie. I'll say that. It is an enjoyable movie that I can watch at Christmas or during the summer. doesn't matter. It is eminently rewatchable. And I don't think you have to put it into a box. Why do we need to define things, is, guys? I want to bring back the like episode a, where James like, and I talked about the Lions picks. And remember how uh, bad those predictions were, but... Oh yeah, should we steal that bit from Harrison? We can make predictions uh, for the the upcoming year, 2021, 20. Oh my God, 2022. Oh man, that's... no. I, I just I just remember there was an episode where nothing was really going on in the summer, so James and I uh, I, I inter- basically interviewed James about the Lions because you know I follow the Bears. Draft. Yeah, it was after the draft, and uh, the Lions are not good to say the least. Bears aren't good either. No, I never said so. I mean, that was basically the toilet bowl of football on Thanksgiving. So, yeah, who who watched that? James, did you? You part? I legitimately fell asleep in the fourth quarter. Who did the Bears play? The the, the loins. Oh, the loins. Yeah, yeah, I did watch that then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I had tried to block it out. I forgot about it. But uh, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, they had uh, Santos and not Parkey kicking that field goal at the end, so there, there wasn't going to be a double or even a triple doink. I was kind of hoping it wouldn't. I was waiting for it. It, it was funny because it was it was two fan bases, right, that just expected their team to lose. Yeah. And and I think I think on that on that field goal at the end, every Bears fan was like, "The Lions are going to block this," and every Lions fan was like, "Yeah, he's going to put it straight through." Like, and one of those those two forces uh, had to had to break through. It was just yeah, it was just so funny to to, to watch because I'm I'm from Chicago. I am a Bears fan light. I would say that, like, I, I know they exist. I used to be a huge Bears fan. I know they exist. I I know that they – I didn't understand why everybody got really excited when they drafted Justin Fields. Uh, that's also because I don't watch a lot of college football. So I didn't know about Justin Fields. And now Bears fans are very upset about Justin Fields because he isn't Patrick Mahomes, which is what I guess they thought he was going to be immediately. Immediately, yeah. 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 Well, the Lions made Andy Dalton look like a decent quarterback, if that tells you anything. I have several Bears fans in my household uh, on Thanksgiving, and they never once wanted to put the game on. 
not once where they're like, oh, let's switch over to the Bears. Instead, I think uh, they let my nephews dominate the, the TV and, and choose what they wanted to watch. I can't remember what it was, but it, it wasn't the Bears game. So. But, Andrew, you and I both drove home last night. This is We're recording this yeah. on Tuesday. You and I were both back in the Chicagoland area for Thanksgiving and both decided to wait as long as possible before we drove back home. Uh, I left. Uh, so we extended our stay. Yes, I I left my parents' house a little after six, maybe like six thirty Chicago time, so seven thirty. That was um, about two o'clock. I get a call from you at like nine thirty, I think, and you're telling me that you've you pulled over. You're like one thirty one's a mess, and I am now just north of Grand Rapids, so I had just gotten on to one thirty one. And you're okay. telling me that it just gets like it, you're like it's just it's gonna get progressively worse, and I'm like oh. And here here's the worst part. I went home for Thanksgiving with the thought that I was gonna be getting new tires. That was the plan for me to get new tires because the tires that I have um, are snow tires from 2016 um, that I bought as snow tires and then never changed which meant I've been driving on snow tires for the last five years. I just never changed them. Never cycled them out? No, never cycled them out during the, yeah, because I'm an idiot. Also, I just didn't have the money to, who has has the luxury, the money to buy, to have two sets of tires? It's crazy to me. I I did it for a while. I don't have the money to have one set of tires. Whatever, James, stop raising your hand, man. All right? (laughs) So... Uh, have I even announced what podcast? Well, yeah, this, this is the Get Around Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. In in the studio is just me, Andrew Rosenthal, James Cook, via FaceTime. Thank God for technology. Yeah. Uh, episode 198, uh, we're brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's, Traverse City, two locations, Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's. James isn't even paying attention when I'm freak talking. Yeah, I'll, do it. I'll do it, Freak Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right, can, we, can we can we continue the story then with you yes. uh, driving home? Yeah. So, I I went home with the intention of getting new tires because I drive I've been driving on snow tires for the last five years and I understand it's probably affected my mileage or whatever and it's people are going to be upset. Listen, anything that I do upsets people, even if it means being dedicated to my job and staying up for forty straight hours so I can cover a state football game and then. Getting, I don't even know. I haven't even checked my email yet. I, I'm assuming that that uh, that um, woman and her husband, who were very upset at me for for driving, that they probably weren't the only ones. So I'm looking forward to checking my email after this and seeing how many people were mad at me for staying up for 40 straight hours and uh, covering the, the Sutton's Bay game in Marquette. Uh, but again, I've digressed so many times. So long story short, and I think we're well past that point. Um, I did not get tires because apparently I, you have to make an appointment at to get your tires changed at Costco, which is where my uncle bought my tires for me, uh, like three weeks out. So I was driving home last night on tires that should have been changed probably seven to 10,000 miles ago. And I'm doing this in horrific weather. And several times I was just like, yep, here I go. I'm just gonna, I'm just going into a ditch and there's nothing I can do about it. And that's when I just, I just took my hands off the wheel, 
let my, you know, I didn't hit the brake. I just, I'm like, just let the car take care of itself. And it did, and it straightened out. But I, I'm really thankful that you called, Andrew, because I don't think I would have, I would have been as careful driving if you hadn't have alerted me as how bad it was going to get. Um, so around the time I called you, I was just out of Big Rapids, 30 miles an hour on 131 was the fastest anyone was going. And I'm like shaking at this point. Like I'm freaking out. Like I'm like, this is the day. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, I, the two cars that I was driving behind um, both got off the highway and both turned into a hotel parking lot. And I'm like, that sounds like a good idea. You know, it's just money at the end of the day. So that's, that's what I did. And, they thankfully allowed my pet to spend the night in the room. Which is, which is good. You did the smart thing. I will say that. You did the smart thing. I did the stubborn thing because I am horrible. Look, I, I probably could have made it, like, looking back on it, but it was a whole lot easier driving on a paved road in the morning than a snowy road. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you probably could have made it. I made it. Um, barely. Uh, but I did make it. And... It what was at one point I I was at the lead of the pack, um, and I'm like whatever. You never want to be that car. No, you don't. But that was me, and I'm just like okay, but this is this is the this is as fast as I can go on these tires, and I had a guy behind me who was like up my ass the entire time, like I couldn't see his headlights at points. That's how on my uh, on my tail he was, and I'm like dude. Stop! Leave me like you can pass me. We're on a two two lane or a we're on a highway here. You you can get over there and and take your chances and try to get past me. But stop driving up my butt. And, uh, and the, the worst part the worst part for me was uh, I, there were semi trailers. So semis can perfectly drive in snow. You know, oh yeah, diesel trucks and they they can handle that. They they're used to this. It's their job and they they can do it just fine. So. One of the guys honks on his horn, and he's going behind me in a normal highway speed and whips around to the left and right past me with, like, a massive snowbank going into my windshield. And this happened, like, two or three times. Yeah, same thing happened to me. Like, I and – and what's tough is when the semis come by you, like, the airflow changes, too, and it pushes you off the road a little bit. And so the times that those yeah. – that, that happened – not only was I getting hammered with slush and snow onto my windshield and couldn't see, but I also had the truck, you know, uh, the th that airflow pushing me off. But if, So this guy who's driving on my tail, eventually um, I start to skid off a little bit, and I maintain my calm because I've driven in weather like this several times, and it, it seems like it's my curse. Whenever I go home to visit my family during the winter months, that always happens. I always either drive there in bad weather, but it's not It's not usually drive there. The drive home is always in bad weather. And eventually the guy behind me, um, because I had to slow down at one point, he tapped his brakes, spun out, and I am watching in the rearview mirror as he is just, yeah, he's, he's 360-ing it on the uh on the highway with cars behind him and i'm just i'm going oh my god i'm gonna watch someone die and i don't know how it all worked out but he didn't go into the ditch 
and nobody hit him. It was it was wild to see. Um, but eventually, yeah, eventually I made it and pulled into my pulled into my garage, and then just thank my lucky stars that once again uh, I I did not. I had a uh, James. You probably know this story because I think I've told it on the podcast before, but. Um, <clears throat> The Illinois was playing in the Rose Bowl. I gotta. I can't remember what year this was. Um, they they were playing in the Rose Bowl. They were playing USC in the Rose Bowl uh, on New Year's Day, and I drove down to Champaign to to watch that. And there was a massive snowstorm, so I'm driving on I-57 going south from Chicago to Champaign, Illinois, and I'm being safe i'm in my 2004 honda civic and i'm being safe and i'm in the right i'm just like whatever it's snowing out it's crazy i'm just gonna stay in this lane and i'll get there when i get there but there was a point where like cars were just zooming by me in in the left hand lane i'm like okay i if they're going fast i bet i can i can go fast and what I should have realized is that all those cars that were going by me were all of the cars that were in the ditch. Because driving down I-57 that day, every 100 feet there was a car in the ditch. That's how bad it was. And I ended up being one of those cars in the ditch because I did get over in the left-hand lane because I thought I could go fast. And then I changed my mind because I didn't like it. And I, when I tried to get back, I hit a snowdrift in the middle of the highway, started to fishtail, did a th- just started, I mean, spinning like spinning, spinning in my car. And there was a jackknifed semi-truck in the ditch, and I'm heading straight for it, spinning it completely out of control. I let go of the wheel. I close my eyes. I just kind of, like, get into a fetal position and go, this is it. Just prepare for it, you know? And I have, I have pictures of this. I missed hitting that semi-truck by about three feet. And... It, what was really interesting is that it was the, it was Covenant Transport, that was the the name of the on the uh, semi truck, and I I always took that as a sign. I was like, well, thank God that he decided not to transport me that day to the afterlife. Um, but yeah, since since then, I I make sure that I'm very careful while I'm driving uh, in in the snow, especially yeah, on. Maybe- tires maybe i was exaggerating when i said this is it earlier for me because uh (laughs) i was i was pretty confident you know it wasn't it wasn't like slick driving to be honest with you because i was driving in the tire tracks of two other cars in front of me it was more like okay this is going to take forever and we're not it's not not snowing anytime soon you know sorry to dominate the conversation for 15 minutes james you just, you just yeah, been... Traverse, Traverse Central played in a state final. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about that. That's a good idea. Let, let's I finally get to that. Until Sunday. I I did not expect that at all, James. What are what's your as a as a fan, as a football fan or high school football fan, your your reaction to to that game? What is what it really reminded me of a lot was the the season opener down in the big house when they played DeWitt. It was just a team that had, had scouted them out and they were able to pass pretty much whenever they wanted. They, they did the same thing almost that DeWitt did. They just said, we're going to stay away from Burnham and Bordeaux on defense. And then we're going to try to take Burnham 
out of the game on offense. And unlike the previous 12 opponents, they were able to do it. And it was it was fairly evident kind of early on, I think, how this game was going to go if Central wasn't able to really turn some things around. And, and by that time, they were way behind, you know, before they were able to get a couple of late scores in the game. Yeah, they only had the ball for about 56 seconds in the first quarter. The things I saw from De La Salle is they, you know, they did a lot of the things that you see in the NFL, running the clock down and running to the middle. You know, they're not really running to the outside as much. They're, they When they were getting tackled in, like when they were passing to the outside, right, they were making sure they were getting tackled inbound, really, really playing the clock to their favor. So I think Dan Rowan did a heck of a coaching job in that regard. Not the Traverse City Beach Bums, Dan Rowe. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just the same name, but not the same guy as the, was the manager of the Beach Bums for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, De La Salle just looked, in, they just looked for, like an incredible team all around. Um, and they're, they're too deep. They don't have a single player that plays both ways, right. even as a backup. So everybody just plays either offense or defense, and that's it kind of like uh, the 70s and 80s TC Central teams when they won state championships. They had enough players that they could just have guys play one way or the other. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bummer that there's not a lot of positive to take out of, of that game. It's difficult when you lose by that, that palindromic score of uh, 41 to 14 uh, and, and get down 34 nothing at the half. I mean, I there's no way that Central could have expected them to themselves to be in that position, right? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, like I, like I said in the story after, or in the column I did the day after, I mean, they brought three players to the press conference after the game, and two of them wouldn't answer any questions. It was not that they, they weren't being, you know, jerks or rude or anything like that. They just were... Shell-shocked. Yeah. They just they just kind of stood there and, and stared off and, and and were not happy and everything. Um, you know, Eric Sugars and Josh Burnham have obviously a lot more uh, experience, I guess, having to answer these kind of questions. Speaking of which, I uh, I texted Josh Burnham today and asked him if he was still going to go to Notre Dame. Yeah, what did he say? Uh, he said that yes, that's, that he's still committed as of right now, but he's waiting to see what happens with that coaching job. Uh, sounds like he wants the defensive coordinator to be promoted to head coach, or that that's who his his person that he would like. He tweeted about that. Actually, uh, a whole bunch of the recruits. Yeah, isn't that kind of the? That's what I'm hearing. Is the the plan at the at the moment right? What's the uh, Sherman? Freeman. Freeman. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm going to guess that if that happens, that he totally would still go to Notre Dame. Well, I think, I mean, he loves Notre Dame. I don't know how much it was about, I mean, of course, you, Brian Kelly's a hell of a coach, but Josh Burnham is, uh, he, he loves Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw one of the, uh, one of the recruiting guys a few weeks ago uh, posted a photo of Burnham on the sidelines at a Notre Dame game, and he said, that, like, this is approximately the 1,247th <laughs> official visit for Josh Burnham or something. So, quick question, and this is out of pure ignorance. So, is Kelly, is he gone? Is this like a Lincoln-Riley thing where, like, Lincoln-Riley, is he just left, 
And so is Brian Kelly now, he's gone? Or is he? Yeah, oh, you. yeah and, oh. and from what I understand, all the players and, and even his coaches learned about it on the news and social media before he told anybody. Like, he didn't think that the word was going to get out that quick or something. And he sent out a message to everybody the next morning. But it was already out by then. That's wild. Yeah, and you get the same contract that uh, Michigan State coach got, too. The 10-year? 10-year, 95. Not bad. I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it'd be hard, it would be hard to turn that down. Yes. I, I would take the if just the rest of my life and $95 million. That would be... That'd be fine with me. Mm-hmm. First, if you if you had a, if you had a contract like that, what's the first thing you buy? If you're making nine and a half mil a year, what's like the first ridiculous purchase that you make? Ooh, ridiculous purchase? Are we talking? I still have to work a job. No. Money. No. 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 You just you get you're. I like, mean, yes, you, you are you are a college football coach. You're making nine and a half million a year. What's the first thing where you're like, I've always wanted this? I mean, Nike just Nike just put out their uh, Adapt Auto Lacing shoes, and I was this close to buying a pair because their <laughs> whole store at uh, the Kenosha Outlets in uh, Wisconsin was 50% off. These are $400 sneakers. So, uh, they, yeah, the, and the Back to the Future shoes, they actually made them where they have batteries and they'll They'll tie themselves, but they, they don't look the same as the Air Mags, whatever they call them then. But yeah, they're four hundred bucks and they're self-tying, and I almost got them for two hundred. So, and that's the without a, a nine and a half million dollar a year contract. Okay, if I had a nine and a half million dollar contract, I would just order them online and say, "Hey, bring them to my door and put them on my feet." And so. you just order ten pairs and not even worry about it. Yeah. I think I would go with, like, my dream car. I think that would be, like, the first purchase. I think a, a you know, 68 Shelby GT500 Mustang, black with the gold racing stripes. That was the car as a little kid that I wanted, that I had as a Hot Wheels. And I'm like, one day, one day I'm going to have this car. So I think that's that'd probably the first, like, stupid thing that I'd buy. Yeah. I'd probably get a Tesla or something and... Some ridiculous house. Yeah, car-wise, I'd have to go with a Tesla Model X or Model S, the one that goes like ludicrous speed, as they call it. But um, no, this is the real thing. It's called ludicrous. No, I know, speed. I know, uh, I know. But, uh, it's a great Spaceballs reference. But, but, uh, if if the thing, the caveat with the Tesla is you have to have a garage. You know, if you live in a, you know, if you live in an apartment with a carport, you can't really charge the thing. Because um, the best part about having it is you wake up and you have a full tank of gas but i guess if i have nine and a half million dollars then i would have a house with a garage that wouldn't be i would problem. think so yeah i think you'd be uh i think you I would hope so. i think you could probably afford a garage <laughs> okay uh since there's really not much to talk about with that central game which is a shame because i was man i was i can't remember the last time i was that hyped for a, a high school game uh and then to have it go the way that it went, especially with the rooting interest on the, the Traverse City side, was, was definitely a bummer. But uh, we did have some pretty spectacular news um, accomplishments happen on Saturday, the, the day after the, the Central loss. Uh, three 
local runners qualified for the uh, Foot Locker Nationals, which is go- are going to take place. The Cross Country Nationals are going to take place December 11th in uh, San Diego, San Diego. And uh, we have two from Traverse City Central, Luke Van Heisen and Julia Flynn, and then, of course, Benzie Central's uh, Hunter Jones. We'll have uh, Flynn and uh, Van Heisen on the show a little bit later, uh, actually probably in the next couple of minutes because I think we'll, we'll get right into that interview uh, pretty quickly here. But huge accomplishment making it yeah, to, this make is it to the Nationals. Biggest. Between between this and Brooks PR for track, these are two of the top three national races, the top three biggest national races in the country. For and the, These are major recruiting events. Um, you know, they do it at the... They they did at UW Parkside, which is where they did the national championships for a couple couple years for D three. It's a pretty sweet course. I even ran a race on it once, and I bet we can ask Julia and Luke what it was like to race on it there, and they can describe it better than I can. Yeah, and I think it's the first time we've ever had three kids from up here go in the same year, and so that's an accomplishment too. That just kind of speaks volumes, I think, about the depth of cross country running up here. And I guess for uh, clarification, I'm from uh, the northern suburbs of Chicago where we'd frequently have meets in Kenosha because they're basically border cities. So, Yeah, you were, what, a half hour away Basically, while that was going on Saturday? Yeah, when I was shopping on Friday night, there were runners staying at the hotels across the street from the mall also shopping with me. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and get into our interview with Luke and Julia, talk to them a little bit more about this and uh, the, the great accomplishment and what they have coming up on December 11th. So we'll get into that interview right now. We would like to welcome in Traverse City Central national qualifying runners, Luke Van Heisen and Julia Flynn. Uh, it makes sense that you guys are in the same room at the same place for this interview, uh, considering that, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this on the air, but you guys are dating, correct? Yeah, we are. Yeah. How long has that been going on, and uh, is it the love of running that brought you guys together yeah for sure yeah. um we've been dating for over a year and we run together pretty much every day and it's something that we love to be together and it's taken us a lot of places and given us great opportunities so yes how long were you how long were you friends how long were you friends before you started dating uh we've known each other since Cheers. elementary school okay yeah. yeah yeah back in elementary school his mom was the coach Believe it or not, we went to Harry Potter camp together. <laughs> <laughs> who wore down who then? Who was who finally gave in and was like, all right, fine, we can start dating? I asked her out. Okay. <laughs> uh, nothing more awkward than having an adult ask uh, high school kids about their relationship. Always fun stuff. Always always makes for great. Always makes for great. <laughs> So, James, you, you take this over then. You, you talk for a little bit. Well, I, the first question I have for Luke is, uh, so when, when Julia sent me your your uh, contact info, you know, the, the photo that she has for you came up with the with you in the Darth Vader costume. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you got to explain that. 
Okay, so um, it was at all. It was also with uh, other graduate graduated um, runner Drew Seabase. I don't remember how it came up, but they said something about Darth Vader and Star Wars. And I remember I had the mask of Darth Vader and then lightsaber too. So I had to quickly run <laughs> down to my room and grab it. Yeah, he's a Star Wars picture and, and, and Marvel fan, him. so he, I thought that was fitting for his profile photo. Yeah. Well, who isn't, right? That's right. <laughs> so Star Wars, Marvel, and Harry Potter. Harry Potter camp, tell me about, because you're looking at a guy who made up, <laughs> I, I, I made it for the, I think it was the Deathly Hallows Part 2, I went on my computer and made uh, Death Eater tattoos, temporary ones that I gave to all my friends, and we put them all, all put them on our forearms, uh, heading into the midnight showing of that movie. Talk to me about Harry Potter camp and what that was like, and how old were you, and where can I where can I sign up? It's so funny. So we're what grade was that? You were like in like third grade? or fourth grade. Fourth, fourth grade. I okay. I just went because all my friends were going, and I knew nothing about Harry Potter. I kind of went because like Luke was going, and so I didn't know much about it. But it was kind of fun. Like they had us like go outside and collect like sticks for like wands, and they had us diff- in different camps. And of course, I don't know. I got Slytherin, so I don't feel good about that. <laughs> Uh, what camp were you in? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Um, but yeah, you can sign up. It was at uh, NMC. NMC, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's interesting. It was like a summer thing. <laughs> yeah. They probably don't want a 37 year old guy taking Well, that. you, you could sign up to like, lead it, you <laughs> yeah. know? You could be like a counselor. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'll do. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go for it. So for, for Julia, um, I understand you have a large collection of running shoes. Yeah. Correct? How how many running <laughs> shoes and spikes do you have? Oh, okay. And how many do you go but through in a year? My cross country spikes I've had since freshman year, so I don't have a huge spike collection just mm-hmm. because uh, I've been particular about that and I feel like um, I think they're good luck, so they're right behind you. Right? <laughs> yeah. I have them right over right there. Um but yeah, I've had them for four years. But then, like base running shoes, I think I go through at least four per year. At least I think like five pair per year. So it's hard to keep track. I kind of like I think I donate them after, uh, after I just like stack them up and I'm like, okay, I let a few loose, you know, donate them. But definitely a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you brand loyal or color? Yes. You have specific yeah. colors you have to I have. Do New Balance. New Balance is mine. How okay. long does it take you to break in a new pair of running shoes? How long does it take? To break in. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I never really noticed. Like, I, I have my own inserts that I put in, and then um, I go, I think I stay in the same shoe for about a month and a half to two months, depending on my mileage. So do you so. start running right away in, in your new shoes? Yeah, I haven't really noticed, like, a, a problem with, like, breaking in shoes. It's never okay. been, like, a weird thing for me. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> how, about, how about Luke? Do you, do you, how often do you go through them? Do you have to have, like, a specific color or a specific brand or anything, or does it not matter? So, um, I'm a Nike Pegasus guy, and color doesn't matter, but not white when it's muddy. That's what I learned multiple times. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, just wear probably get a new pair every two months, about every about 300, 400 miles. 
but I'm a spike guy. I have a few pairs of spikes at my house. Um, older, some are newer. I just think they're cool. I don't. I only keep two pairs of running shoes though. Once yeah. I run in and shore ones. Well, he's, he's like he's different from me when he buys shoes. Like when he buys shoes, he has to get a different color each time to like you know have a new pair and they look different. And I just like stick with the same color, the same type, and I like. I order them in bulk because I go through them. So then I just, you know, have the same exact model for, like, a whole year and a half. And then when he has new shoes, he thinks the new sh- uh, shoe smell is so good. So yeah. he smells the shoes before. Like, when they're new, it's like this smell that he just loves. I don't know what's up with that. I think it's kind of weird, but do you believe his in- whole family's like, oh. <laughs> How long does it take smell. to destroy that? <laughs> uh, I stopped smelling them at probably after <laughs> Sorry. The second wear. Probably, yeah. probably good. Good idea to stop. Yeah. Then. So <laughs> you, you like the the new shoe smell? Do you believe in the magic of new shoes as well? Like I, when I was a kid and I got a new pair of shoes, I felt like I was. I'm like, oh man, I can now. I'll play basketball better, or I'll run faster. Or, <laughs> did you guys that, think that when you were kids? And when did you grow out of that? Well, I feel like when you put a new pair of shoes on, there's so much support that you feel like you can move so much faster. Yeah, they feel lighter. But, uh, so I'd say the magic's still there. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you feeling about qualifying for nationals? Just talk to me about, and to be able to, to do it together, it must be pretty special. Yeah, I think it is really special just for, um, especially him who I train with uh, in for years uh, and to have by my side traveling across the country to San Diego that's so special and from the same school and um, we both really just love running and it's it's just going to be a great experience and you can say a little bit <laughs> I, I am very happy that uh, we made it I just I knew I could like but I knew it wasn't going to be easy and I'm just really happy to say that I'm able to go, and I earned that spot. Yeah, he worked so hard. He during his race, he would just hit pedal to the metal. He said, yeah, Every, I said "There was no, there was to no the metal the whole way." Yeah, for me, I was a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, for me, it was a really good race, but definitely Luke was very um, went through. I feel like a lot more. I hit a lot more mental strength when it came to pushing himself uh, at a deeper level. Um, so a lot of respect, a lot of, a lot of admiration for this kid. <laughs> was breaking through at Nationals, was that something cool? I mean, because it seems like the last couple of years, I mean, you've been one of Central's top runners, but you're always, I guess, a lot of the attention always went to Hunter Jones, you know, and, and Drew Seabase and stuff, and you were kind of the next guy, You and, but you were really elite too. But Julia's kind of been the top runner around here for years how how is how did it feel to break through at nationals uh i just like coming in and kind of being the underdog you never want to be ranked super high and then not do so hot mm-hmm. so i kind of like everyone kind of saying oh i did not expect luke to do that or kind of who is this you know i don't always want to be the flashy guy um that everyone's like oh, I got to stay with him. I want to be that person that kind of works his way up, and then everyone knows who I am. Yeah, no, definitely the ranks, for me at least, have uh, just 
been like a, a back burner of like a little bit of pressure just because it's it's not met as an expectation but it's sometimes like when you know like you're raking against other people it's a little bit like oh uh it can be a little intimidating uh because when you go to a race and everyone's saying your name it's like oh they all know they're all watching me <laughs> and uh from for luke he's always just been um every race just giving it in his, his all and it's been really nice for him i feel like just to focus on doing that instead of having that distracting um white noise of just other things going on how important is the mental aspect of running of keeping your head in a solid place during the race it can be hard sometimes. I think it's easier when the course is interesting, personally. Uh, when you're out in, like, a cornfield or just, like, a golf course, it can be easy to let your mind wander. And often I kind of struggle with that, trying to keep my head in, like, racing mode. Because sometimes I'll be out in a field and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner, you know? Like, or, like, <laughs> what am I going to do after this? Or, like, I can't wait to see my friends or... It's just a little distracting when um, the course isn't super interesting. Um, and I need to work on that because <laughs> that's under my control. But it's definitely easier when the course is like uh, maybe a slight hills and turns and you go in. Woods are my favorite um, because you're constantly uh, present. And when you're present, you can focus on not the pain of running, but, but your effort. And you're asking yourself, how can I do better? How can I push myself harder? And I think with running, it's you can't really just coast. You have to be very present and very strategic. And I think sometimes people that aren't in the sport, they underestimate that aspect because it's just like, oh, just one foot in front of the other. It's just running. Like, it's, it's not that hard. Like, you just go forward. And I think from... Luke's perspective, uh, especially because he deals with more competition um, in every single race that he does. Because um, for me, like locally, I have, you know, travel more and then we get to competition. But for Luke, um, having that competition keeps him more present, I think, during races because he's constantly thinking about uh, what the other person is doing and like pushing himself because this other person is pushing them. And uh, that back and forth. But for me, sometimes it gets a little hard because I'm just out there thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been hard getting into those bigger races because it's kind of a shock to the system when I haven't been dealing with a huge amount of competition all season. And then to go into this place where all of a sudden there's all these other fast girls and now I have to put myself mentally uh, into a place of, okay, now it's racing time. Now it's you know, game time, and I have to think about my strategy more and other people around me and how I'm going to pass this girl. And I think um, I admire Luke a lot with his mental grit and how he approaches uh, competition just because, for me, not dealing with competition consistently, uh, when people pass me, I, you know, I'm working on, you know, not getting defeated and, and, and um, integrating competition in my strategy because sometimes that's not always my strategy. I don't have to. I'm like, oh, just go out and run and do my best and go for time. And, like, going to nationals and going to these bigger races has kind of forced me to alter my strategy into more like, okay, this girl's going to be up with me and I have to draft her, do something with her and stay with her and, and then pass the right mile to or do something. 
and I feel with Luke, a lot of um, his competitions, he's had to had to uh, think about his competition a lot more and how to push himself at a deeper level with other guys going super fast. So yeah, I feel like the mental aspect. You can be a great runner with not much mental grit, and you'll be a decent runner. But a decent runner with a lot of mental grit can really surprise people and almost do anything. I feel like the mental side is an aspect of which is not really looked upon as much. I think it is just as important as training. Mm-hmm. Like, say, someone makes a move, you can either decide, oh, I can just keep this pace. It's pushing myself, but comfortable, or I can decide this is not going to hurt. This is or this is going to hurt, but I'm going to do this for the place or the time. Like I need to make the, I need to match this move, and I just feel like staying mentally in it. And just keep telling yourself, stay with them, stay with them, is mm-hmm. just great to do. Yeah, and especially like now going into an, a national event, our bodies are ready. We are fit. And it's all about now fine-tuning our, our minds into the mentality where we got to convince ourselves we can do this. And when we're in pain or running hard, we got to have that mental strength to say, okay, there's pain, but I'm going to push past that because I'm trusting my body. You also can rely on knowing that pretty much everyone else around you is feeling the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just who can endure it the longest. Yeah, it's a mental sure. game. And then it's just keep pushing yourself. Like, I tell myself in the race, I talk to myself sometimes, like, saying, I'm fast, I am strong, to keep myself positive. Because positive, yeah. right when you go negative or say, ah, I can back off and get a second, that second gone, and the, your competition could go flying by you. So you just got to stay solid up in the mind. Okay, so you guys are you guys hoping that uh, the schedules at Michigan and Stanford link up, and maybe you guys will have some meets together this next year? I mean, I haven't really looked at the schedule, but I mean, for sure, it'd be so fun to like go to a meet and be like go Luke. Although I don't know, with my team, am I allowed to turn uh, cheer on people from other teams? <laughs> but yeah, I might get there and and uh, and be like all fierce and like competition. Um, but I think there's this year there was one in Wisconsin. Yeah, Nutty Calm. Yeah, that Stanford and uh, Michigan were both at. But yeah, I think it'll be really fun to watch him run collegially and just see how he develops as a runner and as a person. So yeah, well, same with you. Thank you. <laughs> so is that the that's the announcement then? That's the news because I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't heard yet. James is is breaking this news to me. I. Uh, You've decided, Julia, that what college will you be attending? Yeah, Stanford University. Yeah. So that's super impressive. Thank because you. not yeah. only do you have to be uh, gifted athletically, but Stanford is for smart people as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, they definitely hold their, um, yeah, their, their standards are pretty high. And it's a little intimidating going in, but i can do it it's it's doable and i prepared myself for it and um i'm just really excited and the other girls that have been recruited are are really fast as well and i've met them and they're super nice and fun so i think it's going to be a fun college experience and doing great things in and outside of the classroom what are you hoping to study at stanford 
I haven't decided yet. Like, I'm not declaring a major, obviously, before my freshman year. I'm going to do base credits. Um, but as of right now, my background with classes in high school has um, geared me more towards, like, pre-med, I'm saying. I, that's not, like, for sure, but I'm in Cymatech, and that's, like, STEM careers, and I, I interned at Structure and Function Chiropractic this summer, and I really enjoyed uh, working in the chiropractic office. I thought it was super interesting. So that's what I'm saying for now, but it's nothing set in stone, but it's definitely an interest and something I want to explore. Yeah, uh, to kind of brag for Julia, I heard somewhere that she could possibly be the first person from Traverse City Central to ever go to Stanford. Oh, I wow. heard that Ooh. somewhere. <laughs> that, or nice. one of the only. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, that's a little intimidating also is uh, all the other kids really haven't committed anywhere to college, so it's it's a little weird uh, committing so early in the in the senior year. Both Luke and I have committed in the fall, so it's and no one else is really uh, committed anywhere. So it, I feel a little uh, singled out. <laughs> it's it, I feel like it's going to be easier in the springtime when everybody else is is committing to their colleges and just having those conversations with classmates uh, makes me you know feel a little bit less alone when I know that other people are also like you know going through the same thing. Um, but yeah, definitely right now I feel a little bit like odd one out, like, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so Luke, you're going to Michigan, right? Yeah, I am. Did, does she hold it over your head that Michigan was her safety school? No. <laughs> no. Michigan is an awesome I, school. No. <laughs> no. I think blue and maize is a perfect color. I like it because it's a lot like black and gold and Yeah. I, I'm so proud of Luke. I, I've said it to him a million times. Michigan is such a good fit for him, and just I loved it there. I mean, it, it wasn't really a safety school. It was just like I, I ended up, when it comes down to it, I really like Stanford, and everything came together um, for me there and those opportunities there. But in no way am I saying that Michigan is not uh, an amazing opportunity, and he's going to do so well there academically and athletically. He's, yeah, when, no, when I'm, just, I'm just giving yeah. you a hard time because <laughs> your other final two schools were Michigan and Duke. Yeah, I mean, which is nothing to to, to laugh at. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Julia, when you go to Stanford, and if you happen to take a journalism course or anything like that, ask the uh, department chair why they rejected my grad school application um, mm -hmm. like about ten okay. years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and they took my two hundred and fifty dollar application fee, and then decided. No. I'm so sorry. No, I will fine. I will talk to Stanford. Him. I'll talk to them. Stanford, like from the time that I was in junior high was always a dream of mine. Like I always wanted to go to Stanford. And I didn't get in undergrad and then I didn't get in for grad school. Uh and I doubt that they're gonna let me in for uh to get a doctorate, but it's uh congratulations to you. That's well, I'll you live vicariously live the dream through me. That's what I was I'll say, I'll just I'll, I'll live vicariously through you. You can just tell me how awesome <laughs> Stanford is. <laughs> uh, one of the questions I got for Luke is uh, tell me why it is that the night before a race you always eat popcorn. Oh, um, He's a routine guy. Okay, so I really like popcorn. So like, you like <laughs> I probably will have some tonight before I go to bed. I'm not no, gonna No, before lie. he come, so came I, over to my house, he was like, Julie, do you have popcorn at your house? <laughs> like he wasn't gonna come here for the he's like, Do you have popcorn at your house? Like it was a deal breaker. So I tell people <laughs> that um it's my pre race popcorn. But that's 
kind of an excuse just to have popcorn. But um, I like it because it's one, just a routine, and it keeps my mind more at ease, kind of just yeah, saying routine. that, hey, tomorrow's just another day. Nothing's much different besides that I'm going to race. Just try to, yeah, like a routine. I I like routines. So. Yeah, yes. Yeah. He'll go home tonight, <laughs> have some popcorn, maybe, maybe make himself a little sleepy time tea. You know, curl up by the couch. He's a yeah. guy, and it's it's awesome because, like you said, it it keeps um it keeps the race days less intimidating when you just go about your day, you keep doing what you're doing, and uh, it makes it a little less scary. Yeah. So. Have you had a race where you haven't been able to find popcorn the night before? So uh, our coach, Coach Burns, he actually got me popcorn for our state meet. Or before we left, he got me popcorn. And then another time when we went and ran Jackson, he actually went to a party store to get me popcorn. So I've pretty much had popcorn every time. Bless his heart. Um, (laughs) He's so sweet. Besides, like, some races where it's not a big deal. But the last few races I've had popcorn beforehand. It's James, starting a new tradition. Yeah, James I think it's, is a, I think it's a bit fast. <laughs> James is a popcorn guy too. James, he's he does popcorn rankings at all the uh, schools when he goes and, and covers games. He will go oh. to the concession stands and oh, and yeah. rate and I rate like their Cal- popcorn. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just rate their popcorn. Oh. So far, Kalkaska oh. is the best because they have caramel corn. Oh, okay, okay. They're, like that's the only <laughs> school I've been to that has caramel corn for. I gotta talk to our athletic director and Mrs. Hoen. About that, to get some <laughs> better popcorn at the games. Yeah, are you it's just, so much better. <laughs> are you just a, just a straight popcorn guy, or do you like, you know, white cheddar or cheese popcorn or anything like that? I usually do microwavable popcorn, okay. so kettle corn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> movie popcorn, whatever, really. I just, well, kettle corn's by far Superior. the best. Yes, uh, thank you. Microwavable popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> James, you got any other questions? I got a whole bunch. We could go on for this for well, forever. I know that's why we're we're pushing twenty five minutes on this interview already. I don't want to keep these kids too long. So it's all good. No, it is a school night. <laughs> all right, get one more question, then we'll uh, we'll let them go. Okay, who is taller in sixth grade? <gasps> oh, I was. <laughs> yeah. In his growth spurt until what was it? I was year, probably five year? two going into freshman year. I was shorter than my mom until the end of freshman year, I think, and then I started really growing. So yeah, he's, Julie he's, was taller than he's me. He's six foot now, but I, I'm I'm five six. But I feel like I stopped growing in like eighth grade, and I don't think I was much. I was probably I think I was a little tall. I wasn't too much taller, but I think I was a little little taller. And I used to. Oh, throwing this out there! I used to beat him in the middle school races. It's my yeah. it's my number one bragging point over him. Like, but remember in middle school and I'd beat you. Yeah, she but. was taller and faster in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore, but it's okay. I have to, I just have that little little thing over him. Remember the middle school days. <laughs> Well, thank you both so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Congratulations again. It is a monster accomplishment getting to nationals. Uh, really thank great. Thank you. And uh, we wish you good luck on December 11th. Thank you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully bring Traverse City some pride. Yeah, San Diego. Here we come.
Thanks again to both Julia and Luke for joining us virtually on the Get Around podcast. Uh, appreciate that. And once again, congratulations to them and to Hunter Jones as well uh, on that uh, major, major feat of qualifying for the Nationals in San Diego on December 11th. So uh, I think we, we talked about this, you know, in our um, pre-show fist fight and pretty easy to just go ahead and put Luke in the Get Around Hall of Fame this week. Uh, he hasn't made it yet, and uh, we know that both Hunter and... Should we just put all three of them in for this specific accomplishment? Yeah. All right. Why not? Okay. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, it is our show. So congratulations, Luke, Julia, and Hunter. You are our latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athletes of the Week. I feel like qualifying for a national race probably is is worthy of it. Speaking of being worthy, we had a lot of athletes over this fall sports season who had some pretty major accomplishments and some teams who did some things that were uh, quite worthy of uh, adulation and uh, and coverage. What was uh? What what was the one kind of storyline this year that that stuck out for you guys in the in the fall sports season? I mean, I think it's Roland St. Francis and all those dominant football teams are the obvious ones. Uh, I, but I like I kind of like the you know the schools that come out of nowhere and start winning. You know, the the Mancelonas, the East Jordans, schools like that, um, and and schools that are just getting uh, the, I don't know kind of their swagger back or getting back to getting to being regularly good, you know, like Grayling and Boyne City. Frankfurt. Um, yeah, Frankfurt had, had a good winning season this season again, too. Um, and just to see that kind of stuff, you know, Sutton's Bay, obviously, was somebody who we kind of expected to, to do what they did. I'm going to go with Grace Slocum, kind of take not so much taking over for the D-Sisters because they were really, really, really good. But she's definitely emerged as one of the top young golfers in the region at the high school level. Um, so, well, over the next couple of years, you're definitely have to. You're definitely probably going to hear her name a lot on this podcast, and it's pretty clear why when you see her golf. Yeah, she's a good golfer, and kind of like the D sisters when they were young and everything. You know, young freshman with braces, not very big or anything like that, and she just crushes the ball. I guess another one is St. Francis got the final push in tennis. You know, it's after years and years of making it to the state finals, they got ahead and won it for the first time in school history in pretty convincing fashion, too. Yeah. Uh, I, I look at Elk Rapids and West. You know, at the beginning of the year, I went to a scrimmage and said to both coaches, oh, you guys were in the, you, you guys both made the semifinals last year. And then, and then both gave me the same response. Oh, but we're losing so much. Well, guess what happened a couple months later? Oh, Graffitt is in the semifinals and Wes is in the quarterfinals. So I think the two really good soccer coaches kind of realized what they had and ran with it. So we, it was another successful season for them around too. I'll say that it's, you always think that you're like, oh, look at how much this team is losing. There's no way that they can come back the next year and, and and be as good. I mean, you look at Central, you look at what Central's losing uh, on the football field, and you go, you know, was this was this their best shot? And you wonder what they're going to be like next year. 
you look at Sutton's Bay, who's had three shots at it, um, and what they lost this year. But I feel like they've got a pretty strong core coming back, and again, they're playing they're playing an, an eight man, and that kind of opens things up a, a bit. And they've got a, a solid coaching staff there. But it, it's always impressive to see how the good programs continue to build good athletes and good teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, getting that program established is such a huge thing, and it just kind of keeps the winning going from year to year, regardless of, you know, regardless. A, a dominant, you know, not relying just on talent to win, you know, relying on the, the program to set these guys' talent up to win. Um, and, and it's, But it's also nice to see some new teams. And we had that in volleyball. We had Traverse City Christian making that long run to, to the quarterfinals. We had McBain getting to the final four this year and then, you know, putting up a real good fight against the team that got to the state finals. Yeah, it seems that most of the teams that got that were knocked out late in the playoffs lost to the eventual state champions. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but it seemed that that, to be, uh, that was kind of the case this year. Yeah, a lot. Which, hey, lose to the best. That's what you want, right? If you're gonna if if you're gonna lose, you want to lose to the team that's gonna that wins the the whole thing. So. All right. Well, that puts kind of a bow on the twenty uh, twenty one fall sports season. We have our all region teams coming out in the next few weeks. Uh, so on December fifth, we have cross country and golf. December twelfth is soccer and tennis. December nineteenth is volleyball, and then the day after Christmas. December 26th will be our all-region uh, football team. So all those coming out uh, on Sundays over the next couple of weeks. So make sure you pick up the newspapers and check out uh, recordeagle.com for those. Um, let's get into and finish the show off with our trifecta. And Andrew, you brought this up, and we talked about before kind of weird purchases. Um, but uh, what's... Uh, What's been your, your best, weirdest, or most notable post-Thanksgiving purchase? I had to have bought a pair of shoes. You know, I was hinting at it earlier, but uh, I bought Stefan Diggs's Adidas Ultra Boosts. He, these came out, these dropped like two years ago, maybe two or three at this point. They're not even, they're not even the new version of the Ultra Boosts, but they're modeled after his high school football jersey. And, and they're not even like the he's not even like the athlete you would like seek out and try and buy their signature shoe, right? You know, you're not it's not like a LeBron or Patrick Mahomes or Jordan, but I don't know. I thought it was a sweet design and the gold foil kind of uh, reflects. So it, they, it, I, I think it looks pretty similar to the St. Francis jerseys too. Are you a, um, are you sneakerhead? Do you buy a lot of shoes? I'm not a, I don't. I'm not a sneakerhead. Uh, my brother is a sneakerhead very much so. But I, I I probably bought one pair of shoes in the past two years, but I saw these for like hundred bucks off at the Adidas store, and I'm like, these are cool. I'm gonna buy them. So that's 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 thank you, Stefan, because that's the the impact it made on me. That that's the one thing. If I was like, if I was comfortably wealthy, I think that would be the one kind of like weird hobby that I got into was was buying shoes. Um, and I, I don't understand why men make fun of women for buying and liking shoes. Like, shoes are awesome. Shoes are, you find a, a cool pair of sneakers, you're like, oh, yeah, that's all right. I like that. 
Um, but yeah, I think that would have been the one thing that I would have definitely, I would, you know, buy Jordans and Air Force Ones. And I just bought a, a pair of Pumas that I really like. Um, that I'm taking extra special care of. So, James, what about you? Any uh, weird, notable post-Thanksgiving purchase? Uh, <clears throat> I just bought Idiocracy on DVD. Okay. The Luke Wilson, uh, right? Luke Wilson yeah. is in that one? Yeah. It's just one of those kind of those movies that we were quoting over the weekend, and uh, we were like, you know, we don't own that. We've been looking for it for a while, and you just don't ever see it or whatever. So, No, it's gotten uh, much more popular in the last five years, I would say, given our political climate. So, mm-hmm. But let's not even dip our toe into those waters. Yeah. Stay completely away from it. Ordered some spices from Australia. Oh, what'd you get? Uh, it's like, it's basically like this bacon-flavored powder. And you had to get it from Australia? Well, that's where this, this company's from. Okay. So. And, uh, yeah. But even in the United States, if you order over 30 bucks, the shipping is free. Wow. Like, all right. What are you going to use this, What are you going to use this powder for? Uh, I put it on like eggs. Okay. Yeah. You don't just cook your eggs in bacon grease. Once in a while. That's my dad's trick. He's yeah. Like, he cooks the bacon and then potatoes. fries up a couple of eggs. Yep. We did that this morning. We cooked bacon and then we sliced up a couple of potatoes and cooked those in the bacon grease. Nice. The only thing that I bought since Thanksgiving uh, was I made a special trip to uh, Mariano's in Chicago and they make these awesome chocolate chip cookies they're so good and I only get them a couple times a year because I'm only back in Chicago a couple of times a year and so I bought two boxes and I told myself I got home last night I told myself I'm like you can have one a day so you save these for a while and savor them. And I ate three last night. And these aren't small chocolate chip cookies. I mean, we're talking like almost probably a little bit smaller than a CD or, or a DVD. They're good-sized cookies. And it is no wonder that I've put on 20 pounds in the last, like, five months. Because I just keep shoveling garbage into my face to eat my feelings and all the sadness. <laughs> all right boys uh oh, this has been a a pleasure i will be looking forward to when we can be back in the studio uh all together hopefully that is soon uh i'll be getting my booster shot here in a couple of days and you know hopefully i won't be feeling too bad after that but yeah the quicker we can be back in the studio uh the better but uh for now facetime will have to work so Um, This has been episode 198 of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, and join us next week for episode 199.